Do you have everything you need to feel successful? Are you? Do you have a uh, juice? I do. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Are you feeling juiced? <laughs> like you know those okay. naked juices. Can we? So yeah. good. Okay. Can we start? Can we start from the top though? Just because sure. this was a reprieve. Okay. So we are here with Growing Up With Aaron season two. And we are talking about emotions this season. And I'm talking with my friends. The first one being Miss Lisa. Lisa, welcome Heidi back. Ho, for... neighbors. Did you just Mr. Rogers us? No, that's from Home Improvement. <laughs> oh, go away. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I did the mouth thing because I interrupted you with the interrupter. <laughs> It's okay. That's what Let's I do. See. I interrupt and I exercise. I love that. And I eat bananas. <laughs> That's awesome. It's all hmm. that. It's all that jogging. Potassium. We've also got Michael. Michael. Good, I gotta, I gotta good go. day, friends. Happy season two. I'm Michael. <laughs> I have all of my fingers. Good, because you'll probably need them. It's been a really safe summer. <laughs> yes, no no saw accidents, nothing. No saw accidents. Uh, I actually pulled the cord out of my chainsaw most recently, so it needs to go into the shop, unfortunately. So I won't be uh, cutting with my, my gas uh, pulling 18-inch bar saw. Ooh. However, I do have uh, a an electric... <laughs> saw that I got from Menards and that's I got a new chain on it it's a 14 inch bar and it's all right it cuts um, it cuts sounds off the chain cuts real yeah. deep it did uh, about 14 inches is as wide as it will go <laughs> that's, sounds that's, dangerous no that's how long the bar is and it can't cut a log that's wider than 14 inches in <laughs> Talk about inches no, when you're talking to a queer person. <laughs> so giggly all of a sudden. Look at you. Yeah. My microphone is completely dry. Drenched. I thought you were going to say That's what drenched. she said. <laughs> waka waka. Actually, Sorry. that's what he said. It is what he said. Potentially. Ma'am, sir, my Bye. microphone is completely dry. Yeah. Speaking Most of, but but speaking of inches, Lisa, um, how many bananas do you eat a day? And tell us in inches, how many <laughs> inches of did banana? You, um, did you ask me how many inches of banana I eat a day? <laughs> That's what Michael decided um, to like. No, it did not. Well, um, in the last two years, zero inches. <laughs> You haven't banana. had a banana in two years? No. Wow. Longer than that. Are you are you yeah. on like an are you abstaining from bananas for a reason I mean, or something? No. They just, okay. you know. I'm sorry if this is triggering for you. I don't want, you know, you and your relationship to bananas to be like yeah. affected horribly it's, right now. It's because they're always green. I'm going to take the reins of this banana conversation because it's making me bananas. Um, Oops. But, <laughs> no, that's my fault. <laughs> uh, but I eat a lot of bananas lately because I am working out at the gym now like a gym person. 
Yeah, I so thought... exercise is your passion, not it mine. Really is it is? I don't is know that I why will... you're wearing that headband. No, I actually just le- okay. We'll talk about that. Because <laughs> guess what? This episode is about confidence, and that is what we're doing here. Because this headband gives me so much confidence. You want to know why? I do. Because it covers up the receding. <laughs> hey. Which I wasn't, which I wasn't so annoyed by until I started growing out all my hair and not just having the top no. spiky stuff, and it started to curl. And the headband helps to really um, showcase the curl, and it helps me feel more confident in the style and look. And now it's just become literally attached to me. Like, it's part of your look. And I like it. It's good. Do you have yeah. different kind of kinds of headbands? I do. I have different colors. I prefer the black ones like this because it just it really absorbs more heat. Oh my god! Maybe, yeah, that could be. The sweater you get, the more calories (laughs) you burn. Yeah. Anyway, that's part of where my my new confidence is coming from is my hair and the curls. I know Michael likes to point out my curls a lot. I love your curls. Thank you. Same. I'm I'm feeling good about the curls. Uh, I used to hate them when I was younger. I always wanted super straight hair. You know, like. In the early 2000s when like it was super cool to have like the weird gothy like bang that was straight cut down especially I'm not okay <laughs> yeah yes i always wanted that so i was always like straightening ironing flat iron whatever you call it yeah. those things out and so i really just ruined my hair so i'm glad at 40 that it's coming back alive that's good yeah so i'm uh, i'm glad that you have curls mine does not curl even when i curl it just just falls flat so i just keep my hair lovely and straight yes um, i love that i say that all the time oh you're drinking lacrotch gross <laughs> he always that's kind of a thing i know it's, i know i guess it depends on who i'm drinking i have gotten hooked on um thc infused uh, sparkling waters <laughs> yes you have i have been the victim of his THC infused victim? drinks. Oh my mean? gosh. So he I don't leave her alone. Me, but he does it in voice message. So he doesn't type it all out. He records himself. I don't know why I'm mansplaining that <laughs> I, to you. Um but I but I mansplained her world to her the other day. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just like, oh you're so high right now. <laughs> you was, and your TV static. I was analyzing Boy Meets World like so bad. <laughs> Because I was watching emphasis on badly, so bad. Anyway, at this point, we're gonna get on with the show. What's this? Emotion notion. Tell us about that emotion notion. The first emotion that I'm sharing on this podcast is confidence, which I find really ironic since it's kind of this podcast started with my lack of confidence, though I believed I was confident enough to start it. The funny thing is I was. I was confident enough to start it. I did that, but I didn't have that confidence every time I developed an episode. I was just like, I'm going to shoot and do this. And so, but yet I'd still be like, mm, is it good enough? Is it not? Is it like I'd ask my co-host to be like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And then someone might give me just a little bit of a criticism. Not a bad one. Just like a, hey, what about, have you thought of this way? And I would put myself into this whole position like, 
what they hated it they think I suck at this why why am I so bad at this and I would just continue every single time that I got a criticism a judgment anything I was like oh crap and it would continue every single time so developing episodes was really tough uh, because I was always being like, okay, what are they going to like? What do you think my co-hosts are going to want to like? What do you think the audience want to do? Oh my gosh, I have to make sure everything is good. And I stopped thinking about what I wanted for it. And I continued to be like, okay, here's what I want to do, but here's how I think they want it done. And so I would continue to try and do it that way. But this summer, something just changed in me. And I stopped questioning myself for my choices and I stopped wondering, needing outside validation. Don't get me wrong. I love to get feedback. I think feedback is so important, if, especially in these creative endeavors. But I don't necessarily let that drive my decision to make what I'm going to make. I like that to help me maybe carve it out a little bit, uh, make it form a little bit more. Uh, but for the most part, this is my creation and what I create is me is a special expression of myself. And if I'm not confident in who I am, then I'm not really doing anything for me. You're not seeing or hearing what is mine to give. You're seeing what I think you want, or I think other people want. And that, really, what does that make sense? Does it? So... I, so this last summer, not only that, but I started to see myself. I saw myself one day in a photo that I took. It was, I, cause for the longest time I've, I've been overweight and I've known that and I felt that and I've let that hold me back. Uh, but I started to see in one photo, I just kind of like, oh my gosh, look, I have a neck. Cause I was holding myself higher. I was showing more confidence in myself and I didn't even see that until I saw that picture. So then I started taking more pictures with that same. And I was like, oh my God, look at me. I'm something that I like looking at. And I'm not worried about what other people are thinking about me in that photo. I'm worried about the fact that I like what I see. And that was such a new feeling for me to be able to see myself for what I'm worth and not for what... I think I'm less than worthy of. And that just went for me. And I started to think about that in other areas as well. Same with this podcast. Same with my singing. Same with my um, my improv acting. All of my, And I even wrote some comedy sketches this past um, few months. Uh, just because I'm like, I am able to do it. I know, always knew I could. But I didn't allow myself to because I was worried that other people thought I couldn't. And that what other people thought were true reflections of myself. And it really is just like people say, you have to stop thinking about what other people think of you. Because when you do that becomes you, you become what you, what you, other people make you to be. And you stop being who you actually are. So I, I did, I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep doing for me. I took a picture of myself in a crop top which was totally outside of the norm for me. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, look, I even made it my Tinder profile picture. And guess what? 
I got bites. And when I got those bites, that helped my confidence go up too. Even though I wasn't exactly, nothing came out of any of those bites, but it was just nice to be noticed for my confidence. Not just for the fact that I looked really good in that crop top, but I also looked at it for the fact that I posted that knowing that I felt it was worthy. And other people saw that too. So instead of thinking what I, what other people want me to be, I decided to start becoming who I want to be. And I started noticing that other people wanted to see that. So if that's not confidence, and if confidence isn't the truest form of your self-esteem, it is, isn't it? It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Think of that confidence I just did not use to be able to explain that to you. Or did I? Uh, yeah, so I just really, I'm proud of myself for being able to reach this level of confidence. I never thought I could. I never actually believed I would. And it just kind of happened. At 40 years old, I'm finally more confident in myself than I ever have been. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud to express myself. I'm proud to see myself and to show myself to others. And... Though it's still, there, I don't want it to make it sound like I'm perfect to this. I have my struggles. I'm still dealing with so much. But knowing that I'm capable of this confidence, and even though there are rough days, I found it, and I'm not going to lose it. So here we go to confidence and beyond. You can't spell nostalgic moments without... Algic. Nostalgic. So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drives down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Ew! Get off of me! Ugh, as if. Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher is saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. Nice stems. Thanks. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. I'm gonna be a supermodel. What are you doing? Yo, you're getting on the freeway! Get out of this lane, go! You go, girl. Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. 
hair back. <laughs> Amber, my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I'm gonna be a supermodel. Now, we are in our nostalgic moments. Because you know how much we love our nostalgic movies, moments, and everything that has 80s and 90s written all over it. And today, we are in the 90s, right dead center, 1995, a teen movie that has gone on to be like super cult classic, majorly, and it stars one Alicia Silverstone, and I love her, like she was my like everything, and I chose this movie because of the fact that I really admired her confidence in the entire movie, even though her absurdity was ridiculous, uh, which I think isn't that what absurdity is. Did I just kind of like, I don't know. You solved the English language. I did. You know, she does it really well, though, too, <laughs> in the movie. Uh, I, I just loved how the fact that she is this rich girl from is it Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. And she just thinks she's this normal teenager. But her first thing in the morning, what does she do? She gets up and she's she picks out her clothes like anyone else. Anyway, yeah. So, no, I really like um, her whole confidence level in this movie because she's the person that has no idea what she really wants, but she will make sure that everything she's doing in the movie and in the story is self-serving, even if she believes she's doing it selflessly. Like her makeover for Ty is very much self-centered, I guess. That's, I don't know how to say it, selfish, self-centered, but everything she does. But she believes she's teaching everyone else how to be exactly confident like her because she doesn't even consider what else is going on in the world outside of this perfect life she has and everything is just going to work out for her because that's what happens. Like, uh, we don't need to learn how to park because every place or parallel park because every place in LA has valet. What does it matter? Uh, I can't stop at assassin. I totally paused. Like everything's just perfectly set up for her. She has a reason and excuse for everything. And if that's not confidence, that was exactly the type of confidence I thought I had in my younger years. I pretty much was banking on everything just working out for me. Like, oh, yeah, it's just going to happen. Yes. So Cher, you know, she's the normal teenager, except that she's in the top percentile of her Beverly Hills zip code of 1995 youth. You know, super normal. Um super confident. She basically owns her school. Uh, she basically owns her friends and she didn't even have to buy that. And all the designer clothes. I mean, what's that dress? Who, who, who says that's a dress? Calvin Klein <laughs> put yeah. something over it. I mean, what's gonna. And then she puts that like light mesh, um, <laughs> like coat thing over it. <laughs> the knot shirt. <laughs> um, the, I mean, her own logic is beyond uh, when she does the debate with Amber about um, the Haitians coming. <laughs> and she's like, um, I like the relevance of that conversation too. 
because effect is it makes complete sense how she is able to correlate her personal party to the whole concept of immigration in America, but it's still so absurd. Um, but I may, I would do that. That's why I think I'm like, I always use metaphors or something relatable to me. And that usually makes me pre feel pretty confident. And I'm, I understood exactly what she said. I'm like, I'm, that makes complete sense. If mm -hmm. a teacher would have been explaining it to me with all the like logic of books. Anyway, now that I've established the, the superficial confidence of this movie. I also love that it's based on a Jane Austen novel. Like it's mm -hmm. not okay. It's the it's the bones, the framework of this movie. It is yeah, not Emma. It's not a it's not like a carbon copy of Emma, but it did. I was yeah researching a little, and I saw that she did basically just write it based on the idea of it. But I feel like a lot cool. of the '90s movies did that. Oh yeah, if they weren't taken from Shakespeare and modernizing it, yeah, yeah. they were taking other classic um, authors too. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but Alicia Silverstone, so perfect for this role, and I really was hoping she was going to have like this amazing career. Not like she had a terrible career, but I was. This is kind of like her big 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 making movie and it's not okay are you gonna go the with the baby crush son? oh the crush that's what it is oh god yeah but terrifying but, but this one's iconic this is the one i guess she's most recognized for uh, yeah in as if culture. yeah i mean she gave it's how the, many it's the script i think yeah how many i mean she gave yeah. how many uh like slang sayings or her and the cast of this movie so yeah. much for our lingo for I was 12 when this movie came out. Lisa, we were 12. Yeah. It's great. I liked it a lot more when I was a kid. I did too. Then you I said do that now. too. Yeah. It, I, uh, some it, of the fun facts I found are pretty fun though. Let's hear them. Well, Paul Rudd used his own clothing for his wardrobe. I think they had a really small budget, didn't they? Mm, 12 million. That's a small budget. <laughs> 12 million dollars. 40 days and it grossed over like 96 million I think yeah so I'd say they got their money back I think so. but I just think it's funny that he used his own clothing including his Kansas City college hat and um he remember she's met Paul Rudd remember this what does that have to do with it oh, I just be I'm just <laughs> I have vital information. Nice guy. Um, but he originally auditioned for the part of Murray, not understanding that that was written for a high school black kid. <laughs> Misogynistic so you, black kid. <laughs> when you met Paul Rudd, he told you all these things? Uh, no, the internet told me all these oh, things. Paul Rudd. Yeah, he wants you to nephew. cite your sources. He wants How long to was your yes. meeting? All of 20 seconds. And 10 of those were him making a video for my nephew, who hated it. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't the right Marvel oh. actor. Oh, no. He just, it's not real. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was very traumatizing for him. Okay. I think if I showed him again, mm. He's a couple years older. I think it might be received differently. 
but he, you know, hi, Eli. My name is Paul Rudd. I play Ant-Man. You may know me. You may not, but I'm glad to know you. Like, which is who he is. Like, it's yeah. so weird. He's just a nice human. Mm-hmm. All 20 seconds of him. And I do remember Paul Rudd um, in this movie, and I had a major crush on him. Like, I, these are some of those little moments where it's like I was confirming my homosexuality with pe- people like Paul Rudd in my eye. Be like, hmm. He's well, nice. Hello. Looking. Yeah. He's very I wanna, handsome. I want to get with that. Anyway. You were talking earlier about when she was giving her debate on Haiti. Yeah. When she was saying Haitian wrong, she was actually saying it wrong. I know. They they didn't correct her and they kept that in the script. She didn't actually know how to say Haitian. So she was saying it worked for her. Haitian or however she said it. It's hard to say it wrong because I know how to say it. <laughs> that uh Hadian. She said Hadian. Yeah. That little tidbit did I'm sorry, Haitians. It did not stand out to me. I did not remember. I didn't. I, I think it's you. because she said it with such confidence. Yeah, she was talking about her RSVPing. There's so many things wrong um, to, to my my personal self watching this movie as an adult. Like things that aged very poorly, oh, very yeah. poorly. Like mm-hmm. using the R word or the C word. I I love. That we have inconceivable as one of the teachers. Oh, I love him. Wallace Shawn, uh-huh. yes. ladies and gentlemen. Such I, a great actor. I love him. I didn't take a lot of notes. Oh, you didn't? I, I didn't. No, I'll, I'll show like I don't you. Even know you. I'll show you my notepad. Here's what I wrote. Okay, it looks. Oh, look at that. Like four lines. Very... Wallace some... Shawn. Of the four notes I took, just Wallace Shawn. He's noteworthy. He is noteworthy. Very noteworthy. I really have, I've had a crush on him for a long time. I think he's quite a, quite a uh, lovely character actor and playwright and activist. Mm -hmm. Oh, but iconic for Princess Bride. And then, of course, yeah, he's great. Uh, the fact that she was ca- Alicia Silverstone was cast based on being seen in the Aerosmith music video. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there was no, even though other people auditioned, like Reese Witherspoon. Um, now it was is Alicia given to her? Did she get that job? Like not, I mean, obviously she was given the job in Aerosmith's uh, music video as an actress. But was she friends with Liv Tyler? Is that also kind of how the connected? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I know Buff, um, Buffy was, or Buffy, Christ. Sarah Michelle Geller yeah. was gonna, <laughs> that's sad because she's known for so many other things. Um, Another iconic role though. Yeah. She, there was just this big, this diff, it could have been cast so differently. It could have been. I also, yeah. I, I listened, I watched an interview um, with Alicia Silverstone talking about how she is, the exact opposite of her character in this movie. Yeah. Her attitude, her, like her clothing, you know, when she would come into, you know, to set, she'd be wearing like, you know, jeans and 
boots and just you know she was grunge you know yeah yeah and in what is the movie 97 minutes i think i saw she had 64 costume changes Mm-hmm. so many that's so many all right michael you um, got any things to say about the movie i think it could have been about 40 minutes shorter that would have made it what like an hour and 12 minutes uh shorter it would have just been it, the movie felt long to me yeah so just from just as like when i when i first saw this movie first of all this isn't the first time i've seen this movie i saw okay. it when it came out in in 1995 and i was like oh my gosh california like is i was 10 i was 10 california is so crazy uh they have the trees that are super high and the fronds and this woman's driving a jeep and and this man calls his girl a woman and it was a crazy time and uh i really had a big crush on alicia silverstone's character mm-hmm. and her i think i wrote her a letter maybe i don't know it's hard to say they all blend together it's either her or jonathan taylor thomas it's uh, no one's keeping score anyway as if i know it's too far into the future and i can't i can't confidently tell you one way or another i did however i do have a note i i looked at the script I pulled up the PDF script of the show, the mm-hmm. movie, the cinematic feature we watched, <laughs> and and the word confident and confidence is never mentioned. Very interesting. True. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because it's oozing out of the. It's yeah, it's coming out in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like pustules and stuff of. of... I mean, I don't know. Share is. All of the things I hated about the girls in high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. The stereotype. I but mean, did you so- still empathize with her and you're like, you're still rooting for her? No. Well, yeah, she's oh, the protagonist no. of this movie. You still have to like watch her. I don't, you I don't like for that. Her? No. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not as an adult. I mean, as an adult, I'm like, wow. <laughs> in fact, the first note I wrote, <laughs> fairly certain I hate this movie. <laughs> First thing I wrote down. You know, I expect nothing less from you on that. And I I didn't finish the movie. So you did feel like we're somewhere in between. Yeah. I I didn't finish the movie. No, I had like 20 minutes left and then this call was starting. So I was like, we gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so one of my fact that are dead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just one of my favorite lines is at the beginning when when Cher's setting up like her whole world like for us narrative wise, mm-hmm. um, and she introduces us to Dion. She's like she gets to Dion's house. This is where Dion lives. We're friends because we're used to people being jealous of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I'm like, yep, that's not super kind. Nope. No, but how not. she says but it so good, confidently. I mean, sure, she comes around and she ends up with some depth and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But for like, I'm sorry, for like 87% of the movie, I, she wants to change somebody. She is self-serving. Her her dad is the villain because oh. he, he is, I'm sorry, I stole your, your shtick, Michael, but. I hadn't even thought of it. He, Get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah, well, that no. was really <laughs> But he um he 
is so proud that she lied her way into better grades. Oh my God. Yes. She didn't lie her way into better. She negotiated. Exactly. Said the lawyer. But we should, I mean, we should start wrapping this one up. Uh, Michael, you got anything more to say? I liked this movie so much when I was 10. (laughs) I still have a crush on Alicia Silverstone now. You should. I think she's worth it. I I'm so proud of all the work she's done in the years since. I don't care what people say about Batman and Robin. I loved her as Batgirl. That was still the '90s. Like she's mm-hmm. done a lot in the past forty years. Oh, I know. I just those were my two favorite roles of it her. It hasn't been forty years. Sorry. I with hate the numbers, you, folks. I'm sorry <laughs> with the numbers, folks. Yeah, that was a seven times seven situation, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not a numbers guy. Ask me a question, I'll know. Oh, anyway. exactly. <laughs> Uh, Lisa, you got anything more to say? Like, um, since you hated the movie so much, I am really bad with character names. Uh, but the character that Breck and Meyer played, um, the stoner yeah. skater, yeah. stoner guy, um, uh, he played Travis. Okay, well, Travis, um, a lot of people thought he was they called him Spicoli 2.0 from Fast Times, and then in an also interview. Directed. I know. Sorry. Yeah. Amy something. You know our last name because you know things. Thank you. But he said that he actually, um, his character was actually built around Bill from Bill and Ted. That makes sense. Yeah, Reeves. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, this was a... I mean, this is a great rewatch to really find out that as adults, this movie hits differently. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but we obviously appreciated it when we were 10 and 12. I don't know if this was one of those ones that I actually, that I continued to watch over and over again throughout my life. But like every now and then it was like, a, oh, yeah, someone's watching it. I'll watch it. It's fun. Or, But we could always quote it all the time. Like you can always find a, a clueless quote um, somehow in a conversation. Like mm-hmm. as if, right? Like, I still Ew, as if. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Thanks for talking about Clueless, guys. It was uh, so yeah. fun. Totes. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. So, we're gonna wrap up this episode. <laughs> and uh, Lisa, do you have anything you want to say, like in a goodbye to our listeners? Um. Thanks for making it to the end. We're a little crazy. A little? And, excuse me? This is my goodbye? Oh, I'm a lot crazy. Rude. I'm a lot rude, Just too. kidding. No, I'm just <laughs> glad that... I'm glad to be back. Glad we got to talk, and I'm glad we got all the internet stuff figured out. You're a rock star. <laughs> I can't hear my heart, but it, I'm showing it on the internet. Michael? Thanks for coming along on season two's uh, journey, everybody. It's great to great to be back. We made it through hiatus. Yeah. Woo-hoo. The writer's strike is over. Yes. It is. Now we're just waiting for the actors. All right. And again, thank you for listening to this episode of Growing Up with Aaron. And we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>